Hey everyone, thank you for joining me today as we take this Sunday stroll through the strange Paradiso. Before I get started, I want to address something that uh, was sent to me after my last show where I was talking about how people who are just so happy and just so full of joy when certain things happen to individuals and uh, to people that they do not like or care for or even sometimes have hatred for. They said, the question was, how can I be engaging in negativity when this does not feel negative to me? I am not feeling negative. I understand that, okay? And that's a good question. First of all, these entities, these things that actually can change our perception of things and what have you, they don't look at it that way. That feeling of, well, I don't, I don't feel negative and, and this and that, that type of feeling is a human emotion. Of course, we're not feeling negative about it because we are happy about it. However, when things happen, uh, whether we like certain people or not, but when things happen to maybe harm them in a way, either physically, financially, mentally, even their uh, how the others perceive this person, okay, when, when that is harmed, when that is hurt, that is negative. So what we are doing when we are happy about these things is we are rejoicing over something that is um, bad for someone else. And some of these, once again, these entity spirits, whatever you want to call them, who play a big role, believe it or not, but they play a big role in things like this, are feeding off of that because we are happy about something that is actually negative. Regardless, once again, regardless if we love this person, if we dislike this person immensely, we're happy over something that is hurting someone else. And it might not even be just the per- that person, okay? It could be that person's family. It could be that person's children. Because I would imagine that their children and families are upset about it. So that is what I mean. Just like there are many times when unknowingly we engage in certain rituals. Yes, unknowingly. Well, just because we don't know we don't realize that we're engaging in it doesn't make us free of the crime, okay? In other words, that is why we have to study. We have to at least look into certain things. And I know that it's not easy. And I also realize that maybe even, I'm going to go as recent as 10 years ago, many people were unaware of certain things, certain uh, types of events, 
rituals, things like this, that was so easy to participate in without even knowing it. But now because it's so easy to find certain things, I mean, it's so easy to just push, uh, put certain things into the search engine and uh, find out exactly what is going on. I mean, I know that we have to sift through them. There's a lot of hoo-ha out there also. But that's why I don't go with the first thing I read. I look at least three different outlets to come to and then come to my conclusion how I feel about that. And if you are searching for something in the first place, it's because perhaps you have an idea of what's going on. That's why I saw it. I heard someone mention something one day and I was thinking, what? I, I have a hard time believing in that because if we don't know, then how are we participating? Until I read in a few different outlets. I even went more than three and found out that not only was this possible, but it was actually probable and it was happening. Like when we talk about the Super Bowl halftime, when we talk about some of the award shows and things like this, some of these, um, the entertainers during these shows and the, the things that they do, there are certain meanings to them. It's not as innocent as it all seems. I mean, not every single case, but in the majority of the performances, there is an underlying occultic theme. Pretty much, I can't say all of them, but I'm going to say the majority of them, okay? There is an underlying theme and a reason for certain things, even colors. I mean, we talk about things like, you know, shapes like pyramid shapes and all this stuff, hexagram, octagon, I mean, you name it, pentagram shapes. We talk about certain hand gestures, certain um, even colors. It's, it just takes so much of what we would think is just innocent. But everything is done for a reason with some of these shows. And once you see them, once you realize it, then it's screaming at you. Now, every time you see it, you'll notice certain things. Like this particular shape is always there. Certain hand gestures are always there. Certain, you know, symbolisms are always there. They're always present. Well, that's how you know. I mean, either these people have a real lack of imagination or there is something going on, like a real reason for all of this. And that I, I sometimes wonder why it took me even so long to see it. Because when we're talking about songwriters and musicians and people like this, we know they have imaginations. That's how they're able to write melody, even words, how they're able to write a song that makes sense and all of the things that it takes just to create the melody. So we know they've got imagination. So then why is it? that all of them have the same gestures. If you care to notice, if you just look at some photographs 
of musicians and even actors, actresses, just high profile celebrities, you'll notice certain things that they all do. So yeah, it took me a while to start looking into this. Like, why are they all doing this and that? I know they have imagination because they're able to create music. So it's just all over the place, guys. And I'm not saying that because we listen to a certain type of music, it makes us engaged in the occult. But once we know, once we realize certain things, it's like just we can't go back anymore. We can't do this anymore. I told you guys about some of the songs that I used to listen to till one day I was thinking, you know what, Um, this particular song, I just don't think I can listen to it anymore because now as I grew, okay, in learning about certain things, I thought to myself, these words, this song just seem to be anti, anti anti-God. And I cannot sing them anymore because if I sing them, it's because I'm agreeing with this. And it was the song, Dear God, I've talked about this before by XTC. You listen to the melody and it's wonderful, okay? And you listen to the child singing at the beginning of the song and it catches you right away. It sounds so innocent and so lovely until you hear the words, especially getting towards the end of the song. And once again, I don't know why it took me so long to get it, to understand it. One of the things I did was once I realized that this was available, I went online and I looked for the lyrics. So when I actually read the lyrics and it was confirmed that that's exactly what I was hearing, I was like, oh no, I can't sing this anymore because now I know. So now I am willingly engaging. When we don't know, we don't know. But now you hear something from someone. Maybe I'm not the first one who has presented this to you. Maybe you've heard it in passing. Maybe you read about it and you just kind of like gaffed it, didn't pay attention to it. And now I'm telling you this. So hopefully It'll just make you a little bit curious so that you can go and read about things like this for yourself because I don't want anyone to just take what I say at face value and um, just believe that is carved in stone because those are mainly my conclusions, okay? Those are things that after reading and studying certain things, I came to those conclusions for myself, You may come to something completely different. But once again, I'm just the presenter. But yes, when we are happy at something that is happening at someone else's expense, whether we we love them or hate them, we are engaging in the negativity. I'm not saying that we're engaging in a ritual or any type of thing like that, but we are actually putting negativity out there. And it's not difficult to grasp this concept because 
a lot of times that's why we're happy because it's like, finally, this person and -and so-and-so. No, I'm not talking about a murderer. I'm not talking about a pedophile. I'm not talking about anyone who is out there harming people. I'm not talking about those type of people. I'm talking about people that maybe we don't like the way they talk. Maybe they seem like they brag all the time and they're always patting themselves on the back and they're boasting and they're just rich, wealthy, beyond belief. And that's what I'm talking about. Why do we dislike these people so much? Why? Why are we happy when they take a tumble down? I'm not happy and I'm not sad about this. Some people deserve a, they, you know what to call, they're just desserts, okay? Some people deserve certain things and that's not for us to say, that's not for us to um be judge and jury. That's up to the creator. And whatever it is that we have done or that we do, well, we're all going to have to answer that for ourselves. But once again, that is my belief. When we are happy and joyful because of someone else's tribulation, We are putting negativity out there. And the reason that I'm saying this is because these things, in order to survive, in order to become stronger and stuff like that, they need that negativity. It's like a, it's like food for them. And that's why they can cause more and more chaos. That's all I'm saying. Just like I talk about fear. Fear is another one. It's the same kind of thing. So, once again, I do not engage in being happy or even sad or angry or anything like that. I just let it go. I just, it doesn't mean anything to me is what I'm saying. I'm not going to let it change my attitude or change my emotion okay so uh, that's all I wanted to say about that guys the next thing that I want to tell you about now this is something that I actually heard about quite a while ago it's been years that I heard about this particular individual and this is Saint Germain so the reason That I heard about him first, actually. I was looking around. I was reading one day. And there was a picture. You know, all of us pretty much have seen that picture. The popular picture of Jesus. With the long hair parted down the center. And he just seems a little bit illuminated. And he has like this golden blondish color hair and and beard and mustache kind of thing and it's all kind of like this golden color well one day somebody said that is a picture actually of saint germain all these pictures like this that's supposed to be jesus is actually 
taken from the picture of St. Germain. And I was thinking, who in the world is that? So apparently, he was the Comte de Saint Germain in France. And this person really actually lived. I guess he was in the court of King Louis in the 1700s, okay, in France. No one knew his true name. He had many different names that he went by. But no one knew what his actual name really was. So anyway, somehow, he becomes a very, very, almost best friend of King Louis. It is said that this person, St. Germain, was an alchemist. Now, I'm not going to get into the whole giant story of this because it. It's pretty uh, complicated and it goes on and on. But um, an alchemist, okay, is a chemist. But in alchemy, it goes further because it is said that alchemists are able to change like raw metals, certain type of metals like iron and stuff like that, into precious metals. Somehow they're able to change these metals into silver, real silver, and gold. And that is what this person was able to do. There are some things about him that seem very strange. They say that he attended lavish dinner parties. He had, he threw lavish dinner parties, but no one ever saw him eat. No one ever saw him drink anything. Now, can you imagine you're entertaining royalty and you're not even having a sip of water? But that is what was reported. Now, apparently, this person, St. Germain, was wealthy beyond belief. He was known to give people Gems, precious gems, rubies, emeralds, diamonds, just because. Just because he liked, maybe he liked your shoes, maybe he liked the way you look, and he would just give you these things. One of the ladies that he gave some gems to actually didn't believe that it was the real thing. She took it to have it appraised. And it was real. No one knew where he got these things. Apparently, maybe he was able to make them somehow. I mean, I don't know how far alchemy goes. But I mean, if you're able to turn iron or whatever into silver or gold, I'm pretty sure that maybe you can take a pebble and turn it into an emerald or ruby. I mean, I'm just saying. So it was all it's also said that the clothes he wore were very extravagant and very expensive as far as having gems sewn in to his coats sewn into his clothing and they were not fake all of this stuff was real so while this person 
was in the court. He was still a mystery. And he was known to tell people that he was 300 years old. And he wasn't playing. But that's what he would say. And he would use different names. But no one knew his real name. I guess at the time, the legendary person named Casanova actually met St. Germain and didn't care for him. Somehow, and uh, no one ever saw St. Germain with a woman or with a girlfriend or a mistress or wife or anything like that. But somehow, and for some reason, Casanova didn't care for this guy. And he wrote things about St. Germain in his memoirs. So these things, this person is documented, okay? This is not a theory. These people actually existed. So one of these ladies from the court didn't see St. Germain for something like 15 years. Then she saw him and she wrote in her memoirs, he had not aged a day. He was exactly the same as he had been 15 years prior, the last time she saw him. Now you might think 15 years isn't a long time. So, you know, it's not like 20 years or 25 years. But when he was there at the court, when she had seen him the last time, he looked to be like in his early 30s. She sees him 15 years later. Just say he was 35, okay, when he's at the court, when last time she saw him. So the next time, 15 years later, he would have been 50. Between 35 and 50, there are going to be some changes. Now think back to those days. It's not like you could go to... um get plastic surgery or Botox or have somebody maybe color your hair. I mean, maybe they could, but I would not say it was going to go as far as Botox and all those other type of things, you know, an anti-aging type of deals that you could go through. So it's, and for a man, no gray, no nothing, exactly the same. So anyhow, I'm not going to cover this completely. You guys can look into this if you're interested. I'm interested in this, and the reason is because, okay, as time went on, he was seen in many other countries. He traveled around the world, and um, the only time anyone ever saw him eat is when he shared this secret with someone. And he said that... um, he had found the key to immortality, in other words. He had found a way to never age. And this person saw him mixing something that looked like gruel, okay? Like oatmeal or cream of wheat or something. And he said that that is what he ate. That's the only thing that he ate. And whatever this concoction was, was keeping him from aging. This story is so mysterious, guys, I can't even tell you. So anyhow, 
it said that at one at some time, I guess he had grown maybe um, a little disenchanted with life. He was ready. So maybe he stopped eating whatever it was that he was eating and drinking to keep him young, to keep him from aging, and he became ill. Also, supposedly at that time, is when he told someone his real name. Now, somehow, his real name meant that he was related to, I guess, the Count. I don't know. It wasn't Dracula, but I don't know how they used to say it, Dracula or whatever it was. That that was his family name. So this person who he confided in knew this person's true name and some of his family line where he came from. So that would have been Romania. Apparently, the story goes that St. Germain finally passed away from his illness. He was buried in a secret and unmarked grave. Some of his uh, memoirs and his paperwork, I guess his alchemy, was given to King Louis, but I'm not sure if it's the same king. I don't know if it was King Louis XIV or whatever the numbers are. But apparently, one of these guys, King Louis, or it could have been the same one, was the one who received these um, tinctures or whatever. He got the paperwork. But no one ever knew where St. Germain had been buried. And the other thing about it is that all of the gems, all of the jewels that St. Germain had was never found. No one knows what happened to all of his jewels, be it gems, gold, silver, whatever the case may be. They never were found. No one ever received them. So without that being said, the story is, how do we even know this guy really died? We don't. No one knows. So fast forward, I believe this was in the 1970s. The story goes that there was some man and his wife and they lived somewhere up in the area of California that's around Mount Shasta. This man used to hike around Mount Shasta when the weather permitted because that's what he liked the outdoors and that's why they lived up there. And so one day he was hiking around and he decided that he was going to look for a spot to sit down and eat his lunch that he carried in his knapsack. So he sits down, he gets a little container to get some of the cool water that is running down the little streams from the mountain, you know, because of the snow melt and all this stuff. And he takes a little sip of his water and he's getting ready to eat his lunch. And all of a sudden he's approached by what looks to him to be a young man dressed like a hiker. And the young man approaches him and they greet each other. And the young man says, I can give you something that will quench your thirst and many more things better than that water that you're drinking. So the older man who was hiking around there who lives there says, okay, what is it? So this young guy 
brings out a little container, pours some of this mixture into the older man's cup. The older man notices that it looks a little cloudy. It's a little cloudy of a liquid and he drinks it. I mean, this was in the 1970s where things weren't so threatening. I guess you could trust people more in the 1970s. And uh, obviously it was okay to drink that water that was melting from the snowpack and coming down the mountain. So he takes a drink of that water and um, that was given to him. And immediately he could feel something. He just feels wonderful. He feels good. And um, he says, I mean, the story is more complex, okay? But anyways, he says that this man was St. Germain, that he met there on his hike that day. And they were in communication for a while after that. So he starts this kind of like, I don't know what you want to call it. It's uh, this group. Now, I don't remember the name of it, what this group was, but apparently the group grew to so many members and it is still around to this day, but it's just not as, uh, there's not as many members right now as there were back in the 1970s. I don't remember the name once again. You can look for it if you're interested in this. And that they lost contact. So what's really happening here? What is this person? We don't know if that was really St. Germain he came into contact with. I, it's a possibility, but we really don't know because we really don't know if St. Germain died. We really don't know if we are dealing with a real immortal. So when we think about things like this, what are the possibilities? What was this person? Now, I talk a little bit about this with some of my um, friends and acquaintances and so on. And they say, well, he could have been an alien. Okay. He could have been. That would maybe um, answer some of the questions like how he was able to just turn metals into precious metals and so on. Or was it something else? Where did he go? It gets a little weirder also, guys, because before this meeting of these two men up there by Mount Shasta, it was also said, and it still is being said to this day, that St. Germain actually was one of the influencers of the writing of the Constitution of the United States. And that he was there during all of that. We can say that when we believe that this person is immortal. Because actually, during the time that it's documented that he was alive and in the court of St. Louis in France, he was instrumental in a lot of the things that were going on at that time. A lot of the events like politically. So if we look at it through that lens, we would say, well, yeah, if this person really is immortal, if this person was actually 300 years old in the 1700s, there is also a possibility that he was somehow involved with the, maybe the 
making up uh, some of the wording, what have you, of the Constitution. See, all of these things, I would say, are theories. Him being an influence of the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, him still being alive, him and the man meeting at Mount Shasta and so on, that those to me are theories because that man, that man at Mount Shasta who says he met St. Germain could have actually met just a regular guy or maybe he met an ET or some sort of hybrid, okay? So these things are very mysterious. Now, are there things to look for? If we are thinking perhaps this man is still alive somewhere in some country, are there certain markers, things to look for? I would have to say that you would want to read a little more in depth and go read about this whole thing from a couple of different outlets to come to your conclusion. Because right now, as I speak about this, I don't know what to think. I don't know what we were dealing with. The only thing I'm sure of is that this person really existed. Was he 300 years old? Was he really an alchemist who was able to do these things and so on? That I don't know. So, it's, I think it's a strange story. Especially when you think that um, perhaps now, maybe there is a small percentage that this person would still be alive out there somewhere. So, let's think about this. And think of maybe any markers that would let us know that this person is still around. So, yeah, I just had to share that with you. I've had this on the back burner for a while. But uh, it's just so long and drawn out of a story. I wasn't sure how to narrow it all down to just some of the key points about this thing. And every time I think about it, it's like I'm going down that rabbit hole. And I'm now in the process of looking or trying to figure out what some markers would be that would maybe get my curiosity up about certain individuals who may be in our realm today. And I would think that it would probably be somebody at least a little bit high profile. A little bit, at least. Someone who's able to do certain things or has been said to be able to do certain things. Anyways, that is all I have about that certain subject for today. Now, this other thing... I want to talk about is someone was telling me just yesterday that they, well, I know this person likes to go to the desert and to national parks and forests, likes to go camping, just a outdoorsy type of person. So 
he used to go out there actually with his son and his grandson and they would just like have a, a man weekend, you know, with grandpa and the his son and his grandson and just they would go all over different places, camp. So now his grandson is older, doesn't want to hang out and go camping with grandpa and dad anymore. So he's taken to going by himself. And he said, yeah, you go by yourself and there are other people out there camping. You know, it's not like you're totally alone and isolated or anything like this. He was out in the desert. And um, I don't know exactly when this happened, but he was telling me that for some reason, this person thinks that I'm interested in UFOlogy. And I know I've said this before. I got a couple people that, for whatever reason, they think I'm interested in this. I don't know why. But anyhow, so he starts sharing with me that he was out in the desert. Now, I want to say it was somewhere in the area of the Mojave. And he said there were these big lights. One of them was really big. He said it was a circle. And around the edge of the circle was like a different color than in the center of the circle. And he said it was just kind of like rotating. And the the circle was facing him. It wasn't flat. It was facing him. And he could see that the outer edge of this circle looked to be moving because it was like changing colors a little bit. He said it wasn't turning like from blue to white. It was kind of like a light blue and a dark blue, like something was going around in there like a clock. And the center was a lighter blue color. So finally, he walked over because he was getting closer to this thing until he realized that, no, you probably don't want to do that. You don't know what it is. And he said it wasn't high up in the sky. He said it looked to be maybe about 12 feet off the ground. There was nothing there, nothing to obstruct his view, no trees or bushes where this thing was. He said it was just desert. The mountains were like, there were some mountains behind where this thing was appearing. So he walks over. There were some other people not too far from where he was camped. And they were sitting out there. And he walks over and he said, hey, what do you guys see that? What What is that? And those people told him, yeah, we don't know what that is. But um, it's not the first time it's been out here. So he said, I was going to walk towards it. And they told him, nah, it'll go away. At some, at some point. So he said what happened was the thing just slowly started fading. And till it was just gone. He said it was the strangest thing. So it didn't go up in the sky. It didn't go down beneath the dirt or the sand. It just started fading away until it was gone. He just says, um, that's the only thing that I could ever think of that's happened to me while I'm out camping. But for some reason, he said, it struck me as being something from space. Even though, he says, I didn't see it go anywhere. It just slowly disappeared. 
That is a, that's a weird one, okay? That is very strange. But once again, we never know what we're going to get, what we're going to witness in the desert. It can be so strange. It's beautiful at night in the clear summer or spring, even in the fall. But there have been so many people reporting encounters out in the desert with strange beings, with creatures, with hybrids. There are just um, so many of them. I'm going to talk about those later, maybe in a few days, but I need to get all these stories together. Some very strange things. Now, there are these two people that I listen to once in a while. And um, I don't like to listen to them a whole lot. They are a couple of, um, they're older gentlemen. I'm, when I say older, I'm talking older. I think the youngest of the two is like in his late 70s. And recently, they have been talking about um, earth changes. They've been talking about the space weather and uh, certain things that are happening on the sun and what these things could potentially allow to happen in our realm, as well as they were even talking about the different dimensions and what what is the wall that separates the dimensions and so on. Very interesting stuff. I have to just take bits and pieces of what they were talking about and read about it for myself because I cannot take what they have said and repeat it, okay? Because that's not what I do. I don't take people's information and stories and just repeat them like they're my own. So I'm going to read more about this stuff and then I'm going to present it to you. But it's so, it's very interesting. Okay. Um, and the last thing that I have to share with you guys really quick is, now this woman... I don't know this person. People talk to me, but I talk to people everywhere I go. I was in the store one day. Okay, this is what happened. I was in a Dollar Tree, okay, because I like junk. And some of the stuff in there, there is junk. I mean, like paper towels and stuff like that. But anyways, okay, I was in Dollar Tree. And there was a woman in there. And I said something to her. These are cute, or where did you get those? I Something like that. Just some kind of innocent thing I asked her. Where did you get the whatever? And then she started talking to me. We stood there and had this conversation. And she said, I want to tell you something that happened. I was at the store. She's like, I was actually at the market yesterday. She says, my card, my debit card, decided that it was going to give me a little bit of hell. And it the thing was not able to read my card for some reason. So she had to take it out. She had to put it back in. The cashier came around to their side, helped her put it back in. She wiped it. She put it back in. And she said, I was so frustrated. I was getting ready to cuss out loud. And then the man, this man came to the side of her and called her 
by her name. And he looked right at her and he said, Calm, what did he say? Calm down, Deborah. It's okay. And she, she said, my head snapped to look at him. She said, I did not know this man. And he put his head down, like to look at her over the top of his glasses and had this look in his eyes. She said, and then she did what he did. She looked at me. She's like, he did this. And she looked at me through the top of her glasses, like with this smirk on her face. Like he knew her or he was trying to communicate something to her. And then she said, then her card worked. She gathered up her things and she started walking out of the market. She turned to look at that man, but he was gone. The man was not there. The cashier, oh, I take that back. The person, the courtesy clerk there who was putting her items in the bag looked at her like, who are you looking for? Like kind of like with a puzzled look on her face. So, yeah, how did this individual know her name? And I told her, well, you know, there are a lot of strange things that we can't explain happening in this earth. And she said, especially right now. So, I believe that at this time, in our timeline right now, many, many people are having encounters, are having experiences, are witnessing things that they cannot explain. And maybe they don't even want to talk about. Some people would have just said, oh, it was just some person maybe saw my name on my ATM card and uh, just calmed me down. But she showed me her card even. And her information is not on the top front of her card. It's on the back. She said he couldn't have seen my name, even if he would have had a clear view of my card. Because there's no information on the top part of her card. I don't know, guys. We just can't explain everything. And uh, as we go forward, once again, we're going to hear more and more. Now, I'm hoping to be back tomorrow to share some more things with you. I have a movie date with my movie buddy tomorrow. And um, so I'm going to try to be back later on, you know, in the evening. I've got quite a bit of things to bring forward. And now we're getting really, really close to Easter. And um, things are really starting to heat up. Anyways, thank you all so much for joining me. Thank you for walking with me taking time out of your day to come with all of us down this path that leads all the way, all the way in zigzags through this very strange paradiso. We'll be walking and talking again soon. Ciao.